0: You know, we don't want to shame people. We don't want to shame them for anything that's going on with their body or their mind. You know, I mean, fat shaming is a big thing. We don't want to just tell people that they're fat, except for the guy who I'm about to introduce you to, who loves telling people, hey, you're fat. We're going to find out more about that on today's episode of the Movement Movement, the podcast for people who want to know the truth about what it takes They have a happy, healthy, strong body. Starting feet first, usually, because, you know, those things are your foundation. But we start from other places sometimes, too. Uh, We break down the propaganda, the mythology, sometimes the outright lies you've been told about what it takes to walk, run, hike, play, dance, do yoga, CrossFit, whatever it is you like to do, and do it enjoyably, do it efficiently, do it effectively. Did I mention enjoyably? Don't answer because it it's a trick question because I know I did because I started with that one because look, if you're not having fun, do something different till you are. You're not going to keep it up if you're not having a good time anyway. I'm Stephen Sashen, your host from ZeroShoes.com. And we call this podcast the Movement Movement because we're creating a movement about natural movement. We're helping people rediscover that using your body the way it's designed is the better, healthy, obvious choice, the way we think of natural food. And that other part of the movement, moving that idea is you. It um, doesn't cost anything doesn't take any effort. If you want, go to www.jointhemovementmovement.com. You'll find all the previous episodes, all the ways you can interact with us on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. And all you need to do is share, like, review, give us a thumbs up, hit the bell icon on YouTube, whatever it is to do to get the word out about natural movement. Uh, And that's kind of the way that works. If you want to be part of the tribe, Just please subscribe. So, uh, Brian Bradley, it is a pleasure having you here. Why don't you tell people who you are, what you do, and we can jump into why you like calling people fat.
1: (laughs) Okay. You and I might be in some serious trouble with that one, but there's a reason. Hey, you started Um, it. I I just asked you
0: for something provocative to say, and you gave that to me.
1: I did. I did. I did. It's absolutely my fault, but I will tell you why once I make this intro. Okay. Okay. Real quick, Brian Bradley from the Igoscu Method, you will not be tested on the spelling. Uh, that's a gentleman, Pete Agoscu's last name, been with him for 30 years this year. We're on our 50 year anniversary of the Agoscu method as he oh, discovered holy. what the method was coming out of Vietnam. And uh, I'll talk to you about some other stuff that we're launching this year too. Okay, let me start by saying this. If everybody were to take a piece of paper and you have paper there? Okay, uh, just write down. I say,
0: Are you actually suggesting that I do this? Because I will if yeah. you are. Because okay. I
1: want you to feel it even as a dude, right? Because You don't really hear guys being fat shamed or stuff like that. It's usually even magazines talking about stuff, which I'm so tired of telling the women are told, work
0: out more, eat less. Yeah, okay, like they can work out more and eat less. Quit shaming them. But go ahead. You know, the dude thing, um, someone, my doctor, I was at my doctor recently, and he told me that having long hair like this might mean that I have issues with my masculinity. I said, I don't need to hear psychological advice from my gynecologist. And he (laughs) said, God, you're sick. God, you're sick. I just love you. Okay, so
1: um, on to a more serious note. Okay, um, yes. So write down the word fat, F-A-T. Okay. All right. And start thinking to yourself, when you wrote that down, how did it
0: feel? Mm. How's it feel to write that word? Would you like me to answer? Yeah. Um, I became, um, I felt some tension in my body. I felt a little, just, a, a, let's say a little anxiety is not quite the right word. The biggest thing is I just felt just something tensing up and I became very aware of the, the subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways. I don't like this thing. Um, I, I, I don't know that you know this about me. In fact, you probably don't. When I roll out of bed every morning, I almost reflexively pinch, you know, a little bit of abdominal fat to see what changed since last night or to get a kind of barometer for where I seem to be as if I somehow was do- running a marathon while I was sound asleep and lost a bunch of body fat. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm a relatively fit guy. I'm 59 and a half. I'm probably at about 14% body fat. I'd love to be less. And as a sprinter, it would be nice to have a better strength to weight ratio. Anyway, all of that, all of those various thoughts like flew into my brain as I was writing three simple letters.
1: I hope that every single female listening to this and every dude rewinds this and goes and gets his female partner, if you have one, get him to listen to your explanation just now. That was an authentic, uh, naked answer. Like saying, this is how I feel. Imagine the guy wakes up and goes, well, I guess this is, I didn't lose any weight last night. Now, I know you have a sick sense of humor, so I know there was a Star Wars reference or a comedic thing when you looked in the mirror, all that kind of stuff. But you look at that and you go, wow, that's a,
0: that's a truth that males and females go through. Females are forced to. Of every, uh, and not just people who are significantly overweight. I mean, this, you know, and I, here's the other thing. I've basically been hypercritical not in a, in a way that, you know, is, is um, what's the word paralyzing or anything, but I have, you know, a, a lot of thoughts about how this body thing should be different. And I have vivid memories of having that start when I was in second grade. Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So let me explain to you. I have no idea what's psychological. No, I'll screw you up if I try to do what Freud's supposed to do. Right. But I will tell you this judgment kills. So when we write this word down, your body got tense. I wrote it down. Okay. I wrote it down. Yeah. I highlighted it. scribbled on there. And I felt sorry. Mm. Like there are people in the world who look in the mirror every day and don't like what they see. There are people in the world who read something and say, that's me. I don't like myself. They go to this place.
0: Yeah, I'm going to toss something in there. I don't know anyone who looks in the mirror And likes what they see. And if they do, if they try a different angle, they'll eventually find an angle where they go, "Eh, I'm not crazy about that one. And I have a theory about this. When we evolved as human beings, however you want to think about that, we never learned to look at a glass of water and be able to tell if there was bacteria in it, something that would kill us. (coughs) What we got really good at was Ingesting something, eating, drinking something, and paying exquisite attention to the effect of that to know if that was something good or bad. And my theory is that now that we know everything's basically safe, we're still applying that all that same internal examination to our experience and to our body um, in ways that have just no relevance whatsoever. Now, I've got to give a I'm gonna throw a caveat in there about you know what I what my reporting. Um, everything that I said is was accurate, and I simultaneously don't care any longer. I know that's just what my mind does; it's reflexive. I have no control over that, and I find it kind of funny in a way because, again, I you know I didn't run a marathon overnight. Why do I think I got thinner all of a sudden? And which it's just kind of ludicrous and the absurdity of it. Is now the bigger thing that impacts me as I just go, you know, that's it's like I have a a line. I go, everybody needs a hobby, and that's clearly my hobby. And I spend a good amount of money on that hobby. And not well, yeah, decent amount of money on that hobby. So anyway, I I have a theory that the I mean, I've never, I've literally never met anyone who genuinely looks in the mirror and says, right on. Um, And I think the idea that there are people who do that. And let's say there are, they're going to be, you know, one out of a bajillion. The idea that you should be someone like that crazy person who probably has brain damage is adds to that stress, adds to that judgment. It's judgment upon judgment.
1: A hundred percent. And that's why, that's an interesting thing. Um, And I'll get back to this other thing we were discussing, but one of the things I heard Pete Agoskew when we were talking years ago about approval.
0: Mm. And remember, we deal with the chronic pain world we deal oh, wait, with it hold, hold on wait just to be, to be clear i know that but you haven't explained that do you want to say a little more yeah i do what right you, now yeah it, you know when you're looking at what Agoscu does the picture over my left shoulder these two
1: pictures right here which some people that can't, is wait, the, wait hold on some people can't see because they're only listening so okay so the functional blueprint of the human body yeah, very right simple is. how the body was we believe designed is from the ankle to the knee, up the chain to the hip, up the chain to the shoulder, and up the chain to the ear. That's the front view and side views. There are 90 degree angles, like the, the physics of how the human body should look, stand and walk and move. Mm. Technological society has crushed that. We believe it's a massive opportunity, versus going, oh no, we're in trouble because technological society crushed that. And not from a business standpoint, but from a self-discovery standpoint. The idea of this discussion about fat falls right in line with that because i'm taking it to the emotional thought process of okay fat how did it feel um the word broken could be put in there um <laughs> and i get people coming in all the time who say my back pain's killing me and i'm like okay well do you feel like you're broken and they're like i just i'm broken every day like this is and then i get them the picture something broken
0: mm.
1: can you ever make it look like it's not broken and even if you glue it back together you're like always oh, going to be over the seams but if there's a slight bend in there versus broken, you can bend things back and never even know that it was bent before. Getting them to change their mindset and their emotional tie and their identification to that symptom tied to this is how your body should look from the ankle to the knee to the hip to the shoulder to the ear and I encourage everybody listening to go back and just look at the visual from this and say how's my body supposed to look because I'm gonna show you some before and afters here because they're powerful enough to, for you to go. Wait a second. That's what's possible at any age. Mm. And the reason I'm a big fan of you, your company. Oh, a you're just a good dude. But secondly, it's the product alone allows the body to discover the natural motion from the foot up. That resonates with Agoscu because for us, it's about the whole system tied together and how it adapts to the environment around it. So when somebody says to me, "Why well, wear barefoot shoes?" and I walk around, and I say, "Yeah, on concrete." I would say to you, why don't you get the zero shoe and go walk in some sand, go walk on a trail, go walk in some grass that has some undulations. If you're in the Czech Republic and you're in uh, Prague, go find some cobblestone streets and do your workout on a cobblestone street. You wanna feel how weak your connection from the foot up really is, Mm. put some variety underneath it in a shoe that allows the variety to move like yours. That's why, like your winter boot, I can't stress enough how in love with that boot I am. It's it, Yeah, that black one, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Because I'm looking at it, A, it's so warm, and I'm not here to sell zero shoes because that's not what I do. But I'm telling you from a standpoint of loving it, wearing it at Tahoe, Mammoth, Breckenridge, all these places we take them, because I live in sunny Southern California, I don't really need it until then. But it's an unbelievable piece of equipment that allows the piece of equipment that I focus on, which falls right in line with your movement movement and that's why we were discussing the fat word earlier so let me just take you down a road one more thing now write down the word p h a t yeah what did you do right away smiled that's correct and it happens to everybody so let's put a circle around fat and then a big line through it because it doesn't exist we're going to choose to not allow it to exist remember it's a thought thoughts are cellular i choose to shut the judgment down what i am going to write down is the phat because i still didn't lose any weight i still have this around me i still look the way and i still don't don't approve of what i see sometimes but what if that what if that word was part of this word
0: uh, uh lymphatic is what you're showing people oh interesting okay all right what if the word phat was a You're fat, I agree
1: with you, you called yourself fat. I agree, Steven, you're fat, but I'm telling you to spell it P-H-A-T because what if it was just lymphatic blockage? What if it was your cells are not expelling what you think they should be expelling? You're actually holding quote water. And we know this because think about the make your butt larger machine. Okay, you ready? I call it the elliptical look at this video of somebody on the elliptical now this is a young kid not overweight but they're trying to rehab his knee and there's a movement when you do this when your leg goes behind you called hip extension Mm -hmm. and your leg goes in front of you called hip flexion so Mm -hmm. it's like a pendulum it should swing both directions okay look at this machine of the kid in the maroon shirt for those of you not watching i encourage you to go see this look at his lack of
0: hip extension as the other lady on the on the nordic track so that's here let me, i'm going to describe this so on the elliptical the final position when your uh leg is you know if you think about like climbing stairs basically that's kind of what it looks like his his heel is not going anywhere f- further back from his butt it's basically look you know when he's done he's essentially standing straight up that's, that's correct the nordic track um, where it's a skiing motion, there's a lot of hip extension. In fact, the front leg, the leg is rarely going in front of the hip and it's all on the back. And this is similar. I'm gonna use an analogy to um uh ice skaters. So when you're skating, you push your foot back to move you forward. You don't do anything with your front leg. You let that relax. And that's actually how you should be walking too, but that's a whole other conversation. So um, so okay, so we just watch somebody who has no butt. Um, on an elliptical not getting any hip extension versus someone on a nordic track getting hip extension and we were looking at that why tie it back into
1: the lymph system tie it back into the spine the hip um just this muscle alone the psoas muscle here's the femur Mm -hmm. here's the pelvis here's the spine when this femur doesn't travel behind you you Mm -hmm. get no pull on that muscle got it so knowing that, just those two things alone, now I'm not bringing the body down to just these, but this is a subject that we opened up with. Your fat mm-hmm. could be P-H-A-T, letting you know that your lymphatic system, hey, you know what, you know what I've heard, especially females that I bring this up with, because I'm trying to create a freedom for them. How's it feel? It's not my fault. Oh, but the other one was your fault.
0: Well, wait, Absolutely. Well, wait, what are the two things in there? which one's what's not someone's fault phat
1: versus fat fat is my fault i see if i go to the phat you're telling me brian maybe my lack of hip extension which is why i have a bunion on my big toe it never goes behind me my hip never moves i'm working out 10 days a week right but i'm not getting the results i lose weight from the rib cage up and i look amazing (laughs) in a bathroom mirror but bathroom mirrors don't go all the way down
0: so, I want to see if I can synopsize and I, I may criticize as well, just for the fun of it. So, you're suggesting, if I'm hearing you correctly, that by not putting the body, and specifically we're talking about the hip, the psoas, the glutes as well, by not going through full range of motion, you're not stimulating things that might lead to, at the very least, some, some increase in the fat cells releasing uh whatever's inside of them and then that goes into your lymphatic system and that's actually expelled. Did I get that right or what did I miss?
1: Um yeah, I'm gonna make it much more simple. Okay. Your plumbing, your plumbing is blocked. Okay. So no matter what the fat cells are releasing, no matter what byproducts are happening yeah, during yeah, yeah. a workout, no matter what's happening internally on that, it has to be a waste
0: product at some point right. moved. Okay. So just to be clear, so we're we're agreeing, I just want to highlight this, we're agreeing that something has to get the fat cells to release Fat or release what's in them, but that doesn't do any good if the. I like your use of the word plumbing. If the lymphatic system isn't going to then drain that, which is what the lymphatic system does, and actually get rid of it. And some some of those movements you're talking about, again, correct me if I'm mishearing, are things that can help make that lymphatic system work more, uh, work better. Am I on? For example,
1: one? heel strike. Yeah. Toe off is an essential pumping action to the ankle to the foot that creates a lower leg movement that matches with an upper leg movement that matches with a hip movement. So when you lose ability to hit your heel to a normal toe off, flexion, extension, flexion, extension at the hip, then you start turning your foot out, you start rolling on the inside, you form a bunion, and on that same side of bunion, this is an interesting one, if everybody could get home, take a look in a full length mirror, strip down to whatever you're comfortable in, shut the drapes of your house, and you look (laughs) in the mirror and you say, The side of one hip looks so much fuller than the side of the other. Like there's a little pocket of something out here and this one's flat. Mm. Maybe it's because the functional movement on one hip is so different from the other. Mm. How does that relate to back pain? How does that relate to knee pain? How does that relate to shoulder pain? When your pelvis and hip are not congruent, balance left to right. Mm. This is the Agoski method. Your whole system adapts and makes perfect
0: changes that serve you until they quit serving you. Okay, so I want to do two things. First of all, I want to highlight that yes, you're going to put your foot through that, let's call it something like a rolling motion, not always, but you definitely, or you definitely can if you're walking, not the way you should be running because especially if you do that barefoot or in a pair of zero shoes, landing heel first is uh, going to A, hurt and B, it'll only happen if you're extending your foot out in front of you when you land, um, which is going to be putting on the brakes and sending the spike of force through your joints, which is what Daniel Lieberman at Harvard showed. So, that's sort of part one on the foot part. But on the hip part, I need to tell the story of how we met kind of, or actually the story that I first told when we met. Yes. So, I met Peter Goscue 25-ish years ago. And I am a former All-American gymnast. And like many gymnasts, I had shoulder problems, especially my right shoulder for decades after that. And I met Pete at an event. I said, you know, I can't get my right hand behind me. I just, you know, my shoulders kind of locked in place. And he says, yeah, it's not your shoulder. I said, what? He goes, okay, so I want you to stand against the wall on a slant board. So for people who are imagining this, basically just a, a thing where my toes are lifted up, my heels are down, toes are up about 45 degrees. He says, stand on the slant board with your butt up against the wall. And he goes, tell me where your head is. I said, it's about, I don't know, inch or two away from the wall. He goes, why don't you just stand there until you find that your head is naturally resting on the wall? I said, well, dude, I got a shoulder thing. He goes, yeah, I know. Just, you know, stand there until your head is on the wall. And I think he forgot about me. (laughs) He came back, God knows how long later. Um, You're showing a picture of what I looked like. There we go. And Um, I even put the hair in there. I know, that was really cute. Although my hair did not extend through the wall. That was- Oh yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. So at a certain point, I noticed that my head was against the wall and Pete had left me alone. And I said, dude, how long am I supposed to stand here? He goes, oh, dude, sorry, sorry. Get off the slant board, walk away from the wall and see how your shoulder is. And it was like 50% better immediately. He goes, see, your hips are out of whack and that's translating up into your shoulder. Now you may have shoulder problems, but it's getting worse and which I do, I, you know, torn everything in there, but it was being, it was made worse by what I was doing with my hips in a way to protect the injured shoulder. And I was, I was dumbstruck and that's when I started working with you guys and made some other changes, mostly to my hips, starting from my feet, starting from my shoulders. That changed the way my whole body moves. I spent, I said, I spent twenty years trying to get the gymnast out of my body, and working with you guys was a huge, huge component of that.
1: Well, you know what it did is it, uh, you don't know what you don't know, and once you're shown what you. The picture I'm going to show you now, and for those of you, I I can't stress enough this picture. I don't really use it for marketing, but this is a 58-year-old Ironman triathlete. One of my favorite pictures of all time. 58.
0: I'm 59. I don't care. Whatever. Okay. That's him before and after in 12 minutes. Wait, wait. What? Yeah. Hold on. So, why don't you describe what I'm seeing? Because that seems… This picture right on the left, the before… Picture that as um,
1: everybody knows kyphosis, rounding of the upper back. Hey, pull your shoulders back. That's the mother yelling
0: at yeah, you, so, right? So basically, yeah, he's, he's kind of hunched forward. In fact, this is a classic gymnast pose because we do a lot of things where it's, you know, um, like it's hard to describe where you're doing like like chest flies. I mean, that motion or variations of that motion are, you know, hugely important in gymnastics. So he's got that going on in his upper back. Okay. And imagine him a uh, bike. Imagine him on a bike. Yeah. Just hunched over swim, bike, run, Yeah, yeah. in that
1: order, yeah. which I'm trying to get him to change it because getting off a bike and trying to run is oh, just moronic. Like it's, it's hysterical. It's yeah. so bad. But look at the guy afterward in 12 minutes. Thank God, but he had the tattoo and he's not posing well the difference is in the one where he's rounded over it looks like he overdosed on no acetal right he has he has (laughs) he has no butt whatsoever pelvis is turned out his pelvis is sucked forward it's tucked under but on the right on the after picture his pelvis actually became more neutral where his butt stuck out a little bit like a gymnast landing Mm -hmm. and they do this and their butt sticks out the upper back then correspondingly changes enough for him to say I can tell you instinctively my pr is right around the corner and before (laughs) it was am i ever going to run again
0: interesting well there's two other things that i noticed in that photo one is that his feet weren't as turned out correct um, as they were and the other is um and this is the interesting thing since we started with the fat part he looked like he lost weight absolutely i mean i'm not saying he did it just looked like suddenly just the way his body looks it looked thinner well
1: Again, I encourage you guys to go look at this because this is one of my favorites. This
0: is before and after female in three months. Which one looks thinner? Uh, the after, not surprisingly, looks way thinner. Posture is all better. Everything's more aligned. It's like it looks like what I w- look like standing against the wall after 30 minutes, although not standing against the wall without a slant board.
1: Correct. And her, her discussion was I'm in pain, I'm in pain. Once the pain's gone, she looks at the pictures and goes, I look so much better. Again, remember, we all go to the mirror yeah. and either approve with what we see or we don't. People tell me all the time, I work out for the health of it. I work out for my mental stress. And I go, okay, but what's number one? <laughs> oh, because I got, well, I got, okay, no BS. I, got, I want to look better. Okay, well, don't judge I want to look better. Everybody wants to look a certain way. But I'm done with people spinning their wheels and actually on the make your butt larger machine. And I'm not against all these ellipticals. It just I don't agree with someone thinking they're doing cardio when they're doing cardio, creating byproducts, and then the byproduct sits and your bathtub's filling up with a huge hair clog, and you wonder why your upstairs ceiling is draining on uh, leaking on you now because something's clogged the drain. Mm. And in our belief when your ankle, your knee, your hip, and your shoulder are out of alignment. Any physical therapist who's listened to this, let me just say this. Zero, not X-E-R-O, Z-E-R-O. There are zero, probably studies that you could go find that are peer reviewed that says posture really matters. These are the discussions I'm on Twitter about going, guys, I I won't say moron, but that's where my instincts are going. You've got to trust your instinct that says, when a guy looks like what I just showed you, in the before picture or the young lady looks that way and the one looks like after, which one would you rather work with? Mm. Rather work with the other one because it looks like they take care of themselves. The dentist says, if you don't brush and floss, I'm gonna be doing some serious digging in there and we're gonna replace this this and this and this and this. You do your part on brushing and flossing. Wearing the zero shoes, what I tell people, and this is just, you didn't ask me to do this, I'm just gonna tell you this. Wearing something like a zero shoe xero zero shoe, it allows your body to me, that's like flossing. Mm. you are doing that extra part, rather than doing your Egoski menu and then wearing stiff shoes, you're doing your igoscu menu and you're wearing a shoe that allows the true movement of the hundreds of moving parts in your feet to actually do their job instead of fight against it, where everything's bringing those little hot dogs together. Most shoes do that. You want to make my job easier brush and floss if I was the dentist.
0: So I I like this idea that, um, and we're going to talk about the, what it takes to make these postural changes uh, according to the Yosuke method. But before we get there, the point that we've been kind of diving into for however long it's been is this basic idea that if your posture is not aligned properly the way bodies are supposed to work and this is not like you know you're a special little snowflake and your body's magically different than other people not granted you might have some actual deformity that's a different situation but for the average human being um, then one of the effects of that is that the lymphatic system can't work properly and if you're doing certain kinds of exercises they're not in they're at the very least not helping and maybe, further clogging, if you will, the lymphatic system. So if in fact you are looking to change your body, if you are looking to lose fat in some way, you're gonna be having a harder time when your posture is not aligned, when your lymphatic system is therefore not working perfectly. Um, We're not trying to say this is not about calories in, calories out, but we are saying, and I'm putting words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but we are saying that you're getting in the way of your goals if you're not paying attention to this critical thing is your body in the alignment that should be for optimal function
1: well it's it's the one question they ask is uh i've been working out for eight months i've lost 35 pounds how come i can't lose my lower abs and my outer hips and my thighs how come those when physiologically scientifically let's go back to 101 you can't spot reduce right why are you spot gaining
0: (laughs) that's an interesting question i mean I, you know, again, I'll I'll throw out the argument just because from the people that I think of, I'm going to use the example of some bodybuilders that I know who spot gain. And or more accurately, what it is is certain muscles they have are just more responsive than others. Certain, and so, and there is an argument to be made that there are various, mm, let's say, genetic predispositions for how one the order that one might gain or lose fat. I know, for example, for me. And feel free to jump in and, you know, tell me I have my head up my butt um, or some other explanation. But I know that I've always been super, super lean, sort of, you know, like sternum up and uh, like, you know, mid thigh down. And interestingly, I had my genome sequenced very early on when they just started doing this because I had a friend who was one of the first 10 people to have her genome sequenced. And there, there are some genetic markers that are common among sprinters. And the, in, the interesting thing about some of those genetic markers that are common among sprinters, they also predispose someone to gaining belly fat first. So that's I'm going to toss in there or I'll ask you where does the genetic component fit in cuz not everyone just gains fat evenly among uh, along their body, right? I've never I've seen that every now and then, but that's few and far between.
1: Yeah. Remember the fat that I'm interested in Yeah. Whether it's for real or not, I'm just—I gave it a name. I'm just calling it the PHAT. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking. I'm talking byproduct. Got it. Got it. Got it. I'm only talking. Why are you holding fluid? Got it. You're holding. You're holding fluid at the cellular level. Your your plumbing is clogged. Okay. The physiologist who knows a hell of a lot more about this than I do is going to say, "Yeah, but your lymph system draining upward is going to be based on this. It's going to be based on." Got it. Nobody wants to look at the heel, ball, toe is the catalyst for calf function, knee flexion, glute, hamstring, and I'm just talking muscle. Got it. And looking at all the lymph channels, armpit, brain, uh, around the abdominal wall. Because you could make a generalization, say guys are going to gain weight from the nipple line to the mid-thigh. Women are going to gain weight a little bit lower, and they're going to say, yeah, but it's all my hips and my lower stomach. I'm generalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look around, that's what you're going to see. What I find very interesting is when somebody comes in in a, like a set of Lulu's or a pair of shorts that we can see and I put them in front of a mirror and just say, aren't you curious as to why this hip from the lateral oblique area down the hip to your thigh is pretty flat and the other side is two inches out like this. On the side that you had the knee injury to, on the side that your foot turns out and you have a bunion forming, could it be, and then they hit it and they're like, yeah, it feels like it's just like liquid maybe interesting. the garage door is shut and you're trying to get the car out. It's not going to happen.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That, so got it. Very interesting. And again, now, and this is where I want to start moving into things about Agoscu more specifically. So again, the basic idea is until we get things aligned. Well, um, we're, you know, we're just swimming upstream is uh, to mix our metaphors. Like there's no tomorrow. And, very interesting. So let's talk about the Agoscu part. And you used a term, I want to clarify, you used the term um, Agoscu menu, which is just a term that you guys use for the different exercises, and I'm using the word exercise loosely, the different movements that you're going to instruct people to do to regain this alignment, which um, I'm going uh, to put words in your mouth again, which some of it is um, letting things relax and be able to move more freely. Some of it is building some strength to support things as well. That's been my experience. There were some things that were like, for me, again, as a gymnast, where my chest was kind of caved in, my shoulders were a little rounded. Some of it was letting that open up um, and allowing that. And some of it was finding out that there was some weakness that wasn't supporting that to begin with the, and the different exercises, the different things. But why don't you dive into, because we talked about um, not opening the garage door, having, having plumbing that's, that's stuck. What the, I don't know what other metaphors we used, but let's talk about what Agoscu actually does to accomplish these changes that lead to these goals that we've been talking about.
1: Why don't we experience it? Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So do you mind standing up for me? Well, yes, but I'll do it anyway. My God. All right. Because now I got re- to move my camera uh, in some way. So yeah,
1: you and can just stay time. right there. You're good. Uh, Slowly, the person listening to this, if you're driving, understandable. Just listen. When you get home, try this. Yeah. If you're in your car, don't stand up. I want you to just everybody who's at home, just take your zero shoes off and just stand there. Yep. Good. And I want you to close your eyes and just feel where your body weight is from left to right. Does it feel evenly distributed left
0: to right? Does it feel evenly distributed from front to back? You want me to answer? Yep. I'm feeling a. T- tiny bit of extra pressure on the outside of my right foot than I am on the outside of my left foot. Of course, as soon as I say that, it alters a little bit. But that was one of the first things I noticed in going left to right. Front to back feels pretty good. Okay, so everybody makes that change
1: and, and you can put that away now. Now turn sideways um, and you can open up your eyes. Now all I want you to do when I, and don't move until I tell you guys to do this because I'm not going to say touch your toes because a lot of people reach for their toes they don't don't forcibly move anything if okay. I just said bend over hang down and just see and feel what it's like getting there and see how far you go and just bend over and just hang there for a second and just, I want you to feel it and then
0: see how far you've traveled. I have to move because if I just bent over, I would have smashed my head into a desk. So yes, but you've done that before. So I'm actually, in, no, I'm just, go That's ahead. how I got to where I am today. That's true. That's right, true. So I'm just, so I'm bending over just seeing where I go.
1: You're just bending over just to travel the distance. What's it feel like? Your knees are not bending. Um, how are your low
0: back, your hamstrings, everything else? So were you asking me to not bend my knees? My knees were a little bent. Were you asking me? to not bend your knees. Oh, do not bend them. Keep my knees straight. Yep. Just keep your knees straight. Just bend over and
1: hang there. How far did you get to the ground? What's it feel like? What, where did you feel limitations? What's, what's it feel like? Come on back up. Okay. So, um, can I sit? Yeah. And then just, um, well, yeah, but then we're going to go through an exercise. So we'll get
0: back up here in a second. All right. right. Well, I'm sitting just to answer your question. So, um, uh, in the first part, before I got to the end of my range of motion, I just really actually enjoyed the kind of letting go feeling. That was very pleasant. And when I got to the end of the range of motion, um, my knuckles were on the ground. Okay. I was feel- And I was feeling it pulling um, from about th- three inches below my knee to about four inches above my knee. So basically, the middle of the hamstring to the hamstring insertion below the knee is where I was feeling a stretch slash tightness. So if we went to typical... Thought process, athlete yeah. growing up, high school,
1: college, all that. If I stretched you, if we stretched the area, the distal hamstring, the proximal calf, the the knee area, right? Yeah. If we if we stretch that area, doesn't it make sense that we could probably increase your range of motion? It does. So here's my next statement. Stretching is absolutely garbage. <laughs> okay. If you don't go after the reason why the soft tissue's tight in the first place. Mm. So physiologists would tell you, you don't really stretch muscle tissue anyway, agree. But what we do is when you go over like this, you're asking for a load on that whole posterior chain based on how the skeletal system, the frame of the car is moving. You're Mm. asking the tires to adjust to the Ferrari's frame. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go after the frame, we're gonna change the bone, Mm -hmm. and you're going to see and feel a difference in the movement.
0: Okay. Okay, so I want you to stand up again and everybody else can stand up again. Okay, <laughs> he's adjusting my camera. I'm standing up. I'm moving so that I don't smash my head into a desk.
1: Okay, stay there for a second. Now I want you to interlace your hands like this behind the top back of your head. Okay. Now, those of you watching, you can see that Steven's elbows are in a really good position. Like he's not stuck rounded forward, you know, where where I can't see your face. I can see the side of your face. Your elbows are back. I can see that you've been arrested before. This is good. Okay. <laughs> it was only once and I didn't do it exactly you and bill clinton okay so pull your elbows back hold that and now i want you to turn your toes in touching each other so you're actually pigeon toed 45 degrees your heels are out okay your toes are touching now very lightly i want you to tighten up your thigh muscles and push your knees back
0: okay so do
1: you feel that just stuck your butt out yeah okay that's the finishing position of a gymnast who just got off the uneven bars hold that position right there but your feet are pigeon-toed. Keep the weight on the inside of the foot. Don't let it roll to the small toe. Get your quads tight, elbows back. You're only gonna stand here for about another 45 seconds. Now think about what we're doing. Any upper back rounding or kyphosis, we are artificially repositioning your upper mid back right now. Right. We are internally rotating your foot your knee, your femur, and remember what I told you before, the anatomy book says the just the psoas alone attaching to this lesser trochanter, we've turned that femur internal, which puts tension on the psoas. We keep you here long enough, the skeleton is making adjustments now, micro-adjustments at each vertebral level. The pelvis is moving, the femur's moving, the tibia is moving, everything's adjusting. 15 just, seconds left. I just felt something, the best way I can describe it is it felt like my hips got wider, which was very interesting. Interesting. Okay, now relax. Turn and face me. Drop your arms, put your feet back to where they were, close your eyes. What's changed about your body weight left to right, front to back?
0: I can't even say the what changed. I can say that it feels like both left to right and front to back. It just feels more centered. Not, I can't even say that it's, I don't even want to use the, the to try to compare it to before because the, the feeling is very different now. It's now I can, now I'm feeling both the inside and the outside of my feet more, the heel and the ball of my foot more. And I just feel like I'm sort of balanced on top of that more. If your feet could talk, they're saying we are in more of a grounded position to the ground. I also feel, yes, I feel like I'm not actually gripping the ground. In fact, my feet are relaxed. And at the same time, it feels like I'm gripping the ground, even though I'm not doing anything actively that's the relationship that I would
1: like a person's foot to have with your shoe. That's why we make them. That's right. Okay. So now turn sideways for me. Don't hit your head on the desk. Okay. And again, you're not doing anything, but except you're not bending your knees, yep. bend over, go as far as you can go, come back up and tell me what was different about the distance and what was different about the feeling. I didn't get here. Wait, I'm going to sit down
0: to do this just so I can get in frame for the camera. I'm having a hell of a hair day. Um, I, Got to about the same place, but I didn't feel uh, tension behind my knees. I actually felt like the entire, like the entire posterior chain, the whole thing was involved in the stretch involved in the getting to that end of range of motion. It correct. wasn't stuck in one place.
1: That's correct. So now what happened is your pelvis uh, for a visual, I'll give people this picture. This is a CrossFit guy out of um, the Netherlands who was suicidal gonna give up his business. I gave him an exercise like we just did for his mid back. The red is before, the green is after. Look at the difference in the range of motion, but look at the rounding in his mid back. Yeah. He actually became a hip mover. The pelvis actually hinged the movement rather
0: than the spine hinging and rounding over in the mid back. Well, and I'll say something about my experience just for the fun of it. Um, I have some difficulty moving my pelvis because I have a grade two L5 S1 spondylolisthesis with a PARS defect. So I've got no disc between L5 and S1. And my L5 is about an inch and a half shoved forward. So it makes certain movements in my uh, pelvis trickier because there's just something literally physically getting in the way without any muscles there to move it. So FYI. What does that make when you get that
1: diagnosis... i'm going to to use words that are going to lead you a little bit okay what limiting thoughts do you have when that when that diagnosis is given to you
0: i only have one yeah it's son of a bitch i used to be two inches taller
1: okay (laughs) so it doesn't scare you as it relates to i have a grade one grade two spondy right now when's
0: grade three come when do they do a fusion um that doesn't scare me it seems like that's you know it's a possibility in fact um, it's almost disappointing that I'm not in a position where the doctor is going, you've got to get that thing fused. Because until then, I have to, it's not even that I have to deal with it. Until then, it's an enigmatic something that, you know, I don't know what it's going to do or what it might do. I mean, I stopped... I stopped pole vaulting and long jumping because long jumping, I'd land in the pit. And I used to think that what I was feeling, the vibrating feeling in my legs when I got out was um, muscular. Then I realized I was just jamming my sciatic over and over. I went, like, maybe that's not a good idea. And pole vaulting, obviously that you know, you, you hit the box with the pole and there's that major spinal flexion. It occurred to me probably not a good idea because it's going right into that spot. So I stopped doing those two things. Um, I stopped deadlifting 450 pounds. That didn't seem like a smart idea. And I do like pulling heavy. It's Really fun. So having to you know work around that is not as much fun. But by and large, um, since luckily I don't have the symptoms that I have are not uh, bothersome on a daily basis. Um, literally, the only one I get is I used to be taller, and and I do and I do think maybe at some point I'll need some fusion. In fact, just for the fun of diving into my medical story, for lack of a better thing, it's possible because the disc is basically gone that the bones are going to fuse themselves, not in the ideal position, but at least if they do that, then they can go in and clear out a little space in my sciatic without a whole lot of effort. And I won't um, have, you know, what I refer to as asterets, which is when I get this interesting little electric needle um vibrating electric hot needle thing that hits me out of nowhere and makes me scream every obscenity that i know which is very entertaining by the way
1: <laughs> yeah i wouldn't mind i'd actually like to be there for that next time so if we can rearrange that your whole schedule to maybe you it can happens spontaneously on. i can't yeah, do a long jump right before we meet again okay here's where Agoscu comes into play with something like that because what i just heard was that what i hear from every client you know their story is very profound
0: yeah yeah, I don't know if this is profound.
1: No, no, there are people listening, going, "That's me," or uh, "I'm not as bad as him," or "Wait, do you hear my story?" <laughs> you know, one no, no, of no. those. We, you know, look, we love to bond over our problems. No, that's exactly right. But here, you're exactly right. That's why I'm saying, "What an amazing story!" And instead of it. jumping in and saying, hey, gosh, you can help you with that," and we got the cure. No, yeah, that's yeah. That, You're not listening. Meaning, I wouldn't be listening. What I'm going to say is, "What an opportunity." that's sitting in front of you so that if your body does decide to fuse bone to bone down the road, Mm. what if we could get your pelvis into a better position that a, you can be more stable, stop the shocking, do all this stuff. And even if you said to me, I'm going to have surgery no matter what, because my degenerative hip is showing up. Brian, you're not going to grow cartilage back. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own beliefs on that, but okay. I get it. I'm not going to argue the point. What I am going to argue. The point is why doesn't your hip hurt? we do this to people, when I ask you to walk around with your hands on your head, your pain drops to a one versus a 10. Mm, mm. Well, I can't walk around like that. Of course you can't, you don't live in Los Angeles, but you could (laughs) move there, or B, we could give you exercises that do the same thing. And then your body, so remember your body is out of alignment but it's serving you to be out of alignment until it quits serving you and and the the adaptation now has now become its own issue. Now we've got to go in and interrupt that adaptation, that compensation
0: to allow your pelvis to become the driver again and everything starts to change. This is something that I find fascinating and annoying about bodies and that people don't really think about is that when we do have some sort of injury, whether it's acute or chronic, Your body's job is just to get you to be able to function, not to get you back to what it was before. It's like, you know, even if you if you break something or whatever, your job is the job is not to get you fully healed. The job is to get it so you can run away from something that thinks you're going to be lunch. And and often, like you're saying, we end up in these positions that served us to that end, got us so that we could get up and move and get out of the way, but are now not serving us because they're not functionally optimal. And that causes other cascading problems down the line. Well, I couldn't agree with you
1: more because it's, you know, we're no longer in fight or flight survival mode, but yet we live in yeah. fight or flight mode all day long because of what the phones do to us, what the media does to us, what we do to ourselves, what we allow those tech and media people to do to us. Mm. You ought to allow the negative in for it to have a, uh, a fight or flight mechanism kick in versus what is my body and mind trying to tell me? What's my injury supposed to tell me? Why did it happen? Why am I feeling more flexible after standing pigeon-toed
0: hands behind the head for one minute, I hopefully triggered enough thought. Well, you just nailed it. And again, this goes back to my original experience with Pete is like what you guys often do with people is demonstrate that the pain that someone's experiencing and the cure for that is not from where they think. And just that opening that like, Hey, wait a minute that's weird. Why, like you said, why is standing like that? that Why did that make my pain in in my fill in the blank location go away? It doesn't seem like they're in any way connected, which makes people kind of puts them in a state of cognitive dissonance of realizing that what they believed and what they just experienced don't match. And that creates this opening for now. All right, let's see what's next, which brings us to, I mean, and pardon me if I'm leading you this way and you want to go somewhere else, feel free, but that leads us to this sort of specific things that you guys do in Agoscu practices to then, like you said, engender and open or or make possible those changes to the other places that then have the repercussions in the place that someone's usually complaining about an an issue. That was a long convoluted sentence. No, no, I I, I totally got it.
1: Look, there are listeners who are saying this makes sense. Um, What do I do next? Yeah. I, I started this off, not the call, but you know, our talk earlier this week when we were talking about the different shoes and stuff. And I said, the 50th anniversary of Agoscu is this year. Um, I've been with Pete Agoscu for 30 years. But the new book, as you can see over my shoulder here, the pain free book by Pete Agoscu came out 27 years ago or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But now the new version's coming out in November. Mm. So when we look at this stuff, uh, would I want people to go get the book? Yeah, that's where I would like you to start. Mm. Um I would it's not one of these things where I want you to come and see us for therapy and get onto our website. and you know, it it's convincing people that their body is responding accordingly, not against you. your your body's working for you, not creating things to happen to you. Mm. So it's a it's like a Tony Robbins thing and what he got from Jim Rohn and all these things. He would tell you, uh, life's happening for me, not to me. If it's mm. the reverse of that, you're in psychological and emotional hell. So instead of being in a physiological hell, we want to give you a way out of this from the hip out. You're coming from the foot up. And there's such a congruency between this because your shoes for me, And I told this to Nginji about their socks. The toe socks allow such a different experience than a normal sock that crowds the toes together. You know, getting people to apply just enough stimulus and you can get the pain-free book. Let me think here. Where You can go to painfree.com, www.painfree.com, and you can pre-order or order the book. And we also have some other tickers on there that'll align you up with exactly what we do, more educational tools, because what you and I are covering in an hour, people in chronic pain are going, I want more. I know you're saying that. Yeah. We want to provide more, and I want you to trust the process of what your body's going through versus going, my body's working against me. That's our number one change that you can say, I'm going to go from hope to belief, and now you're really on your way to that next level that your body should take you.
0: Again, I'm synopsizing just for my own benefit as well. So part of what it sounds like, it, and, and I like this, um, I, I may be mistaken, but I don't remember the emphasis when I was more actively doing Egoscue things, the emphasis, I mean, while there was an emphasis on the hips, the story was not emphasizing how the hip is really, in many ways, the central focus and how things sort of move out from that. And we're working on hip related things. Uh, wait, where did that thought go? There was some thought that went along with that. Uh, let me just but- answer
1: that real quick for one second, yes. just to give yeah, you a yeah. simple
0: explanation. Okay. When I pick up my
1: fork and pick up a piece of grass-fed beef, because you know I'm vegetarian, <laughs> I let the cow eat the vegetables and then I eat the cow, so I'm taping, I'm really a vegetarian. So oh, yeah, I take yeah. a pig, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and I chew this, or a piece of broccoli. This fine motor movement of doing this, mm-hmm. or hair, or teeth, or putting glasses on, just this has to be anchored at the mid-back, has to be anchored at the pelvis. So when I say become hip-driven, every single thing from something as simple as this, uh, those of you who who follow combat sports may know this picture.
0: Can't wait to see it. I don't know that picture. What is that picture?
1: That's McGregor in the black pants during the Khabib fight where he couldn't breathe. Look at his shoulder and upper back position.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally rounded, totally collapsed.
1: That's him in the green shorts. When I flew over to Vegas to work on him at the UFC gym, that's 12 days he did the exercises. Look at the postural change when he fought the next fighter and he won in 44 seconds. He punched the guy with his AC joint four times in the face because he finally learned and comprehended power does come from down below to send my shoulder this direction right. or send this. So every little movement from baseball to golf to tennis to pick him up a kid to brushing my teeth to getting up on it all comes from that pelvic this area
0: as the anchor. No, you, I mean, and this is interesting. I'm having flashbacks. So I did, I did and taught Tai Chi way back when. I haven't done it for quite a while. But the interesting thing, Tai Chi, same idea. And the point you made a moment ago is part of the idea of Tai Chi. Tai Chi, the idea is rooted into the ground through your foot, but all the movement is starting in the hips. It, the hips are making the movement and then everything flows from there. But the feet yep. need to be grounded as well. Otherwise, you're just you know, flailing mm-hmm. in space.
1: And you did it perfectly when you said barefoot, I said, close your eyes, where's your body? But you said, I don't really have a difference from left to right, front to back, but I can tell you this, I'm gonna put words in your mouth. My feet are active right now and I'm not consciously making them active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what allows you to golf and tennis and throw a punch and, you know, and live pain-free. When your feet are not active, from the messaging they're getting from the rest of the skeleton with this blueprint that's over my left shoulder again. So I encourage you to go home and look at these visuals it's a flat out game changer for the person. Once they discover, get your body back to close to 90 degree angles. Welcome to the Agoski method. Now you're now
0: you're really living what your, your body should be providing. I'm going to say something uh, also. When people, if people do take a look at the video of this or they go to the website where they'll see it on your website as well. And you see the the images that we're talking about of what it looks like to be standing naturally. Many people will think I can't do that. And what I'm going to tell you Um, I don't know if you can or can't, but I'm going to tell you that if you will probably be surprised, even if you can't do that, you'll be surprised at how close to that you may be able to get by not doing what most people think you need to do to get there. And that's what was interesting to me and amazing to me in doing Agoscu things was, again, how much things did change with these weird ass exercises that made no sense to my brain. But the next thing I knew, my shoulders were in a different position. My hips were in a different position. Um, my neck was in a different position. And, and I also want to kind of be clear, this is not like a um, it's not necessarily a fix it thing. In other words, you don't necessarily get somewhere and you're just locked in place because those images also have this static look to them. You know, life happens, bodies move, things happen to bodies. And so what you're offering is actually a, a, it's not like you need to be doing something every day for the rest of your life necessarily, but when things happen, it's a great place to go um, because it's definitely a different, a different way of approaching. Um, what body should do. And look, um, people will do some research and they might find out there are people who have arguments with Pete about what you guys are doing. Great. I mean, so be it. Everyone's got an opinion, but um, I I would say just from my own experience, and I'm not trying to sell it in the same way you're not trying to sell zero shoes from your experience. You know, this made a really big difference for me in surprising ways. And it's why we're having this conversation is to share that with more people.
1: Yeah. And the more people, look, everybody around them has a circle of friends and my circle of friends are always knowing that okay we're going to dinner with bradley get your shoulders in the right place i mean that's not really what i do like i if i go to a movie and watch for example let's just say lord of the rings just came out the extended version four hours long i literally should just be at the back of the movie theater handing out business cards because knees sound like creaking doors in a horror movie <laughs> we all are going to get tweaked a little bit and it's
0: okay to get tweaked but don't panic yeah you- have a way, you have a toolbox. That's, to that's to the thought that I lost before is I love this this emphasis that you have Is is that it's not that you have a problem that you need to fix. I love to say you're not a self-improvement project. It's not that you have a problem you need to fix. Your body was doing something as smartly as it could, yep. that served you at a time. And when you understand that and understand where you want might want to go, it's a totally different relationship than I'm screwed up and I've got to fix this thing. I'm an improvement project. I've got to go to the physical version of Home Depot or or backing up to the beginning of our conversation that if I have, if I'm carrying more weight than I would like, if I have more fat than I would like, it may, you know, this is not necessarily, to not view this as a problem, but the effect of something that was a valuable adaptation to something. And then here's a way to, from understanding that, here's where you might want to go next. This is radical. And for me, you know, backing up to my experience, and I'm not trying to use my experience as um, a, a goal of any sort, but just for the fun of saying it this way. Um, You know, again, I do all these funny things. I look in the mirror. I'm not crazy about certain things that I see. There's certain parts that I like. I do, you know, I pinch my waist every morning, multiple times a day. The only thing I don't do, and I can't make this a prescription for living because I can't guarantee that if uh, I can tell you how to get to the same place, I just don't add the extra layer of judgment on top of it. I'm just doing, I'm not just making it wrong that I'm doing it. I find it kind of goofy that I'm doing it, that I can't seem to stop doing it. That it's just the way it is. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it won't. I don't care. It's kind of entertaining in a weird way. And, you know, and I can track it back. I mean, this is something that my family did as well. And so, you know, maybe I just learned it then. That's how I became part of the family. Maybe there's a genetic component. Who cares? But I'm just not adding the extra layer, pun intended when we talk about fat, adding an extra layer on top of, I mean, you know, for all I know, and I'm going to play with this for a brief second, um, that my brain doing that, it's probably serving some function that has value in certain domains, but not in others. And if I really kind of dive in, maybe I'll discover you know, what that original function for those kind of thoughts were, and maybe it'll become even more entertaining or may fade a little. Who knows? Who cares? I'm, again, it's not, I'm not trying to go on the improvement project thing, but I am on the curiosity train.
1: I can tell you what you should be curious about is the buyer. I pride myself on gaining the (laughs) COVID-19, not the the virus, but the weight, like people are like, you know, college 15. I'm like, well, I gained the COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I mean by that is Chris Farley in uh, one of the greatest, greatest actors of all time in uh, Tommy Boy, when he said, as you can tell, I have a little bit of a weight problem. Well, that self-deprecation took what everybody else was thinking and made it okay for them to move on to something else. So. Here's how I look at this. Like, you know, I, I hear from people, they're like, well, Brian, you know, you like stromboli and you've had this, and then, you know, you're not, you're not 5% body fat and you're talking about this. No, you're exactly right. I'm not. You will never see me on Instagram going, look at this, look at this. Because perfection, in a lot of people's eyes, perfection mm-hmm. is unattainable. Mm-hmm. We're not asking you for perfection. So the less perfect that I am, I'm a better salesperson. I'm going like this, hey, Fatty's over here telling you that maybe you (laughs) wanna think about something
0: different. And people can resonate with that salesperson. Well, you know, I've watched a number of videos from people who got into uh, bodybuilding or physique competition and got down into that 5% body fat range. And this is not true for all of them. And I've also heard some fascinating conversations lately from people who became very, very wealthy and where that was their goal. And from both of them, both groups of people talking about how they were less happy than ever before uh, the, the people who had gotten to 5% body fat, because frankly, their body didn't like being at 5% body fat and trying to maintain it made them miserable. And the fear of losing it made them miserable. And the same thing on on the success side, quote unquote success, having a bunch of money side, it's like, it didn't make me happier. I thought it would. So having my hopes for happiness dashed was a problem. Um, and there's no one I can talk to because no one likes to hear that you're not happy when you're successful and there's nowhere to go, but down. So, you know, it's, it's such an interesting thing again to watch in our minds whether we're talking about our bodies or anything else how we um, what we how we do have these thoughts about this some imagined happiness with some perfectionistic goal and like you're saying you know n- n- no one's got it Uh, the people who do it's, it's, you know, you don't have that life anyway. The fact that Heidi Klum looks like Heidi Klum at 56 years old or whatever, congratulations. She's Heidi Klum. She gets paid to look like that. And she's a genetic freak. It's I'm just all uh, anyway, this is all. No,
1: I I hear you. That's why I'm not a fan of what females go through every time they're in the stand at Ralph's Albertsons, whatever you're you know, Winn-Dixie, I don't care what supermarket you're at. The tabloid magazines are there for a reason because you're going to look over and go, I hate my life, but Reese Witherspoon looks amazing. So I must follow what she does. When I work with these people from LA, I know what they have at their discretion when they wanna lose weight, look a certain way. And by the way, they're not healthy up here, a lot of them. So stop the comparison and find out, discover what your body's real capabilities are. And pain might be the motivator that's having you do a Goscue or
0: whatever you're doing but
1: discover and be open to once I'm out of pain, imagine what's next.
0: You just nailed it. This is the great place to to wrap it up is like, is, you know, this internal discovery of what you can do, which, you know, it's a bit of a paradox because like you said, what might get you in the door is the pain, but then you're going to have this, these new discoveries where you're going to find what is right for you. The possibilities that maybe maybe exactly what you thought was possible. Maybe that what you thought was possible isn't right for you. Maybe what you thought was possible is more than you imagined. But again, having that come internally, this is going to sound funny, but when you asked me to get to close my eyes and check my balance again, the experience was so internal and just felt so clear that whatever moved out from that is interesting. Rather than it being a problem I'm trying to solve, it's like this is a pleasant place. I'm really looking forward to what's next.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I'll I'll get a um, I'll get some links to you so that people can just go there and they can at least do a little bit of research on their own. They can get the new pain free book coming out. It's well worth it. It's a completely new book. it's it's going to be a game changer. I can tell you that. But I will tell you, it's a, uh, I love what you're doing, dude. I love your message. I love your sick sense of humor
0: because it matches mine. And I think it's amazing. <laughs> well, A, I appreciate it. B, you already did mention painfree.com. Go there. There's going to be some other links in the show notes. Um, Brian, as always, a pleasure. I'm looking forward to what's next with you as well. Whatever we can do to help, please let me know. And in fact, I'm going to talk about that when we get, when we hit stop recording, because I've got something that just occurred to me that you're going to like. And most importantly for everyone. Else, thank you for being on the podcast. Brian, actually, if anyone just has any explicit questions, should they just go to painfree.com and is there somewhere to submit them there or to find out about finding a Nagasu practitioner? Or is there anywhere else you want to point people before we call it a yeah, day here? I
1: do. It's. A, I'm going to just, I'll show you a picture that's on my Instagram, um, sure. but it'll have my address above it. This is a before and after. Uh, that I was in the discussion about posture doesn't matter, but you can see the address at the top is the Brian Bradley, or there's another one called at Egoscu method, either one of those two, but I answer my DMS personally. And then I will, I have a whole team behind me that'll be able to give you support. So whatever you need to look, you can even, I told you before you can even get on there and say, Brian, you are so annoying. I'm going to say thank you for the gift. (laughs) but no, thank you. How can I help? You
0: You know, my answer for that is, um, yeah, I can totally see why you would say that. And it's clearly not my intention. What do you suggest? Because, I mean, I hear it in my own head sometimes and I'm going, why am I saying these things? <laughs> so all that said, for everyone else, um, do me a favor. First of all, check the show notes for all the links that Brian just mentioned. We'll have those there. Also go to our website, www.jointhemovementmovement.com. Again, you'll find previous episodes, all the ways to interact with us. You can sign up to get notified about the upcoming episodes. And if you have any questions or comments or feedback or requests or suggestion for people who I should chat with, including people who think... I might have a case of rectal cranial reorientation syndrome. Uh, just email me, move at movement, movement.com. But most importantly, go out, have fun, and live life feet first.